0: grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and from the Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen. It is good advice for not just a preacher, but for all people to be careful when talking about things they don't really know about. My very first parish that I served was in northern Minnesota in a little town that referred to itself as the walleye capital of the world. So you can imagine fishing was a big part of life there in that little town on that big lake. I am not a fisherman, so I tried not to talk too much about Fishing, but rather listen and learn from the people around me. The challenge as a preacher is the Bible talks about fishing multiple times. Jesus calls fishermen to follow him and be his disciples Peter, James, and John. He says, Follow me, and you will catch people. After Jesus rises from the dead, he appears to his disciples on the shore of the lake as they're out fishing. And calls out to them to cast out their nets to bring in yet another miraculous catch. So in order to understand what Jesus is doing here, you have to know a little bit about fishing. Be careful not to talk about things with which you're not familiar. Another one of them, and I believe I've made this reference before, is farming. Farming. My second call was in a dairy farming community, and farming was baked into the culture of that congregation, that parish, that community. The life of milking the cows twice a day, every activity in the evening had to be at 7.30 p.m., because that was what worked best for the farmers. And they had this amazing trust among the farming families that God would provide for them. I mean, they depend on the sun and the rain. They depend on good weather. Sometimes they wouldn't get it. Very often they wouldn't get it. But in everything, they operated with a trust that God would provide for them. And again, the Bible likes to use the image of farming. Which is what's happening in our gospel today. A sower went out to sow. A guy is putting seed into his field. Now, I make clear I am not a farmer. I know very little about it. Roger's giving me that look right now, I can tell, because he knows what he's talking about with farming. But I want to see if something jumps out at you like it jumps out at me about the way this sower sows his seed. Jesus says, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seeds fell along the path and the birds came and devoured them. Other seeds fell on rocky ground where they did not have much soil. And immediately they sprang up since they had no depth of soil. But when the sun rose, they were scorched, and since they had no root, they withered away. Other seeds fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked them. Other seeds fell on good soil and produced grain, some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. There is definitely something that stands out about this sower of seed, and that is Look at all the places he allows the seed to fall where there is literally no chance of producing a harvest. Now, perhaps, you can see in the illustration on the front of the bulletin what a sower might have looked like in Jesus' day, carrying a large sack, grabbing handfuls, and scattering the seed. Perhaps some of it just happened to fall, a little bit slipped out of the bag, a little bit fell out of his hand, and it fell in those places where it's not going to grow. But Jesus doesn't indicate most of the seed fell on the good soil. No, that seed is falling in all different places where it has no chance of growing, no chance of producing a harvest for the sower. Jesus in this instance, which is not always the case, actually interprets the parable for us. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. This is what was sown along the path. This is the one who hears the word and understands it. He indeed bears fruit and yields. In one case a hundredfold, in another sixty, and in another thirty. Jesus tells us what's going on in this parable. The sower is God, his seed is his word, and the different kinds of soil are the different kinds of hearts that encounter that word. And it tells you something about how God views His Word and the going out of that Word. That God sends forth His Word even to places where He knows there will be no harvest, there will be no fruit. There will be people who refuse to understand the Word, there will be people who get too caught up in the cares of this world. There will be people who let their joy be stolen from them. Though they receive the word of God, there will be no harvest, there will be no fruit. And yet, where the soil is good, there's a harvest. There's fruit. I remember living in that farming community, how the farmers and their families needed to care for the soil in which the seed was planted. I do know this much. I remember this very vividly that every spring when the frost would melt, the, the fields would inevitably bring up a bunch of rocks. Some of them too big. They can't be in the field or they're going to ruin the equipment when they go through the field. So the farmers, and especially the kids, would go out with a trailer, they would drive through the fields, and they would walk behind the trailer, and they would pick up rocks and throw them into the trailer. And I was invited on more than one occasion to take part in picking rocks out of the field. I was conveniently busy every single time they asked me to do that lovely work. But it goes to show that in order for there to be a harvest, there has to be care given to the field. The field needs water. The field needs the light of the sun. The field needs to be fertilized so that the soil is rich with nutrients to produce a harvest. And I want you to consider, my dear brothers and sisters in Christ, how God, the sower of the seed of his word, does the very same thing for you. How he uses water... To wash you. To cleanse you. As he gives it to you in holy baptism. As you confess your sins week in and week out. And receive the forgiveness of sins in Jesus Christ. You are washed new in the waters of your baptism over and over and over. Jesus Christ who is the light of the world. Is like the sun that shines upon us and covers us in the warmth of his righteousness, that we are holy and precious and pure in the Father's sight. And just as the ground needs to be fed with nutrients, so he feeds you food where he gives you the very body and blood of Jesus Christ to nourish you and sustain you. And by doing all that, God, by his Holy Spirit, is caring for the soil of your heart. So that when you receive that word, it will take root. It will produce a harvest. It will bear fruit. Our God is the God who works by means of his word. By the proclamation of that word. By the reading and studying and meditating upon it found In Holy Scripture. And with that I want to call out something that Jesus says here in the explanation of the parable that I think we all too often skip over. Speaking about that heart that is good soil where fruit is born and yielded and it produces a harvest of a hundredfold or sixtyfold or thirtyfold. Jesus says that heart is the seed that was sown on good soil. This is the one who hears the word and understands it. How often do we just regard Holy Scripture as being way too complicated, way too sophisticated for our understanding? Right, Leave it to preachers and professional theologians to tell us what the word of God says. But what Jesus has in mind here is not just the hearing of the word preached for 15 to 20 minutes on a Sunday morning, my dear friends. No, he intends that you should know his word, hear his word, meditate upon his word, learn it, and even understand it. And that takes putting that word into a place that is all too often vacant in our lives. That is the word above all things. We prayed in that prayer the Collect of the Day for today. It's an old, old prayer that's been used in our hymnals for Over a hundred years. We're praying about God's word. We say grant that we may so read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest the word of God. Because that word is your food. That word is your nourishment. Just like... Seed is something produced by the plant itself. So when your heart is fed and nourished with that word that leads to understanding of God's word, it bears a harvest that produces more seed that continues to grow within you and it perpetuates itself over and over and over throughout your life. And so I dare to challenge us as individuals, as families and households, as a congregation, as the gathering of God's people. What would it look like if the word of God was what we lived by daily, learning it? Here's another concept, memorizing it. You might think you're incapable of memorizing the Word of God. I would challenge you. Remember last Sunday, those of you who were here, we had some tech issues with the computer upstairs, and the music cut out, and we ended up singing a cappella, that part of the liturgy, a couple parts of them. Why were we able to do that? Because we knew it. Because we sing those words week in and week out. We not only know the words, we know the music. We know the tune. We know how it goes. Because the memory is a great gift of God that is powerful. I would submit that all of us could put our memories to work better. Learning, memorizing, taking to heart the things of God. That word that God gives out, that word that proclaims to you, Jesus crucified for your sins, risen from the dead to give you eternal life, that word has power. And that word always produces fruit. It always produces a harvest where the soil of the hearts of God's people are continually fed and nourished. There are a lot of things I don't know about, and therefore am not equipped to talk about. But I would submit that not just every pastor, but every Christian should know about and be able to talk about the Word of God in Holy Scripture. Word that proclaims the great works that God does for his people, the great works that God does for you. I wonder, I've wondered this for 18 years now, serving in pastoral ministry, what it would look like if we had moms and dads teaching Holy Scripture to their children, reading it with them, memorizing it with them. Husbands and wives, daily, reading Scripture together and praying together. Congregation, where there was devotion to reading the Scriptures at home and gathering together to study them in Bible study. Not just talking about having a few different groups where a handful of people get together, but just as part of the culture of the congregation to be in the Word together, not just on Sunday morning. What does the sower, God, tell us about that Word? It will produce a harvest. He will be the judge of how it goes. Sometimes it produces a hundredfold, sometimes 60, sometimes 30. But he will work through that word. As I often tell our confirmation kids, God's word does stuff. It makes things happen. When it says, you are forgiven, you are really forgiven. When it says, peace is with you, peace is really with you. When it says, this is my body, this is my blood, it really is his body and blood. That word will always Work and do what God intends. God, the sower, will be faithful to continue to send forth His word. And though there are so many hearts around us where it does not take root, where it produces no fruit, God grant you hearts and me a heart that is nourished and fed so that there will always be that bountiful harvest. That sower is faithful and he will accomplish that work. Let us learn that lesson from those who do farm the land who trust in God to give them what they need, let us each trust that by that word, God will continue to be at work in our individual lives, in our families, in our homes, in our church, and everywhere that word goes and takes root. Amen.